Last time on The Beholder's Eye. The five of you have made your way through the city to the religious district. I would like to discreetly acid breath the knees of one statue. How does a dragon discreetly acid breath? First off. <laughs> Anyone comes within 15 feet of me with anything that looks like a hair grooming device. <laughs> I might be able to tolerate a comb, but anything else, anything else, I'm just warning you. Uh, I cannot Boris, be held responsible Boris, for my actions. Boris, I will protect you. Come inside now. Fine. I'm Bilton Striker. I'm the leader of this here congregation, and the church would love to do anything it can to help you see the great ways of the God of the open eye. Uh, I cast message on uh, Swifty, and I'm like, what's your plan, dude? You know. Don't got a plan, just rolling with it. I walk up to Bill Striker, like within a foot of his face, and I throw back my cape, and I like drag it up to him. I'm like, I am the great one at the killing. Why are you with the great one? Oh no! Uh -huh. Where is the girl? The girl? She in the catacombs behind the church. Yeah. We already knew Thank this! Thank you! We're already going there, Swifty! Uh, no, now you have confirmation. In this cramped area, there is a tomb that has been opened that is directly on the floor, and a massive stone slab has been pushed to the side and you can see a long marble staircase that leads deep down into Stygnian darkness. Welcome, brave traveler, to Salandrian, a city steeped in murder, mystery, and madness, stagnation and Complacency have run rampant, and something monstrous churns behind the dark. A group of private investigators are the only thing that stands in the way of injustice and despair. Let us join them now for another exciting episode of The Beholder's Eye! One, two, three, four. <laughs> Entering the tomb, you see a massive stone slab has been pushed aside uh, to reveal a marble staircase that quickly disappears into perfect darkness. What do you do? What order are we in? Who's who's our tank here? I am. You're the tank. Can you? I'm see in, in the, the front. Dark? Um, I have. I don't know. I have my goggles on, so I have night vision. Well, I'm gonna go to the edge, creep up stealthily to the edge of the staircase, and try to do a perception check down. Okay. The stairs continue downwards for about 60 feet and end in an arrow straight hallway that seems to have no end. As you're looking down, there's not really much light that casts and reveal the end of the hallway, even with your dark vision glasses. Like you can't see the end of this hallway. The hallway is lined with doorways that face each other at 25 foot intervals. The first set of doorways is about 25 feet in front of you. Can you make me a perception check? 22. 
looking down the hallway, you can see that there's light coming from one of the doorways about 150 feet down. Otherwise, as you look from door to door, you don't really see much within the first couple of doorways there. And it looks like it might be safe to have the rest of the, the crew come down. Is it lit enough for me to see? Because I'm I no, want to be in the it's, front. It's dark. It's oh, darkness it's, it's or dim light. Very, very dim light. Like there's no torches lit or anything. Like you guys will have to create a light source going down there. Do you guys mind if I take the lead here? I can't see. I can I can see in the <laughs> Go dark. Go for too. it. I look back at the party and I wave them down, and then I proceed stealthily <laughs> forward. Can we hold to the lit door? Can we and hold I try to hold my dragon ear up against the door. Style. Okay. <laughs> Do the What's whole. that? And just picture us. Holding hands like preschool style. Oh. Like, <laughs> I want to do. Well, I, mean, well, I can see in the dark and the and okay. I'm pretty stealthily, so I might keep it with him and be able to. I can message back to you guys. Yeah. I think it should be the opposite. You should stay with them and we should message. We're. You can see in the dark. I yeah. have dark vision. Goggles. He's got dark vision goggles. Yeah, and I have. Uh, so you can lead that party. I have dark vision, sixty and feet I as can, well. I'm stealthily. I don't want you with me. You creep up, up and see what's happening. <laughs> okay, so as Swifty creeps down this hallway because it's about 150 feet down where he's going to. The rest of the party comes down creep, into it. And, creep. you know, from Barry leading everyone, as you guys kind of get down into the hallway, you can see that the light from behind you disappears pretty quickly as you start to move into the hallway. And you would most likely be safe from anybody standing up there seeing any kind of, you know... I get my lamp. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, so now you you guys are all able to see this hallway. Um, and like I said, the, the doors are, you know, every 25 feet, they face each other. If you guys take a quick look into any of these doors, you can see that they're mostly just different crypts and vaults filled with coffins and effigies to different people. As Swifty gets down to the door that there's some light coming out from under, though, he can see that it's actually the only doorway on his way down there that had a physical door there. All the other ones were either bars or just completely open so you can see in point. So I can see valuables in any room as yep. soon as I look into you, it, right? You saw nothing okay. on the way down. Okay. Yeah, it's it looks like a pretty... It's just like a crypt. Yeah, exactly. Um, as you get up to the door, though, and you're starting to listen, you don't really hear anything coming from the other side, but you do notice that the door seems to be, like, barred from the other side. You, there's no discernible lock or even handle. It's just a simple wooden door that looks like a new addition. Wait, there's a bard at the end of the hallway? <laughs> can, can I see the bar? Like, is there a crack in the door where you no. can see? Okay. The, actually, the door looks like it might even just be propped up against this doorway. There's no hinges that you can see or anything. There's no gap either. We want to breach this room? Unless anybody's going to say anything, I'm going to acid breath this thing. Fuck yeah, do it. Uh, acid breath down the center, a line down the center of the wooden door. Okay. Uh, I mean, it's a door, so it's. I, you don't do you really have to, to make a fucking. Like, I can roll if you now. want me to roll. Uh, but you it's can go a door. roll for damage, though, whatever the damage is on it. Six. You spray some acid down the center of this door, and uh, it starts to eat away into the wood and makes a crease in it, but doesn't eat all the way through the door. I message, and I cast message on uh, Swifty, and I'm like, did you see if it was locked? There's yes. No lock. There's no handle? There's no nothing. Yeah. yeah. It's just like a wooden... Well, you think I just like to acid things? <laughs> The thought did come through my mind, Swifty. I'd, I'd say by this time, the group is probably caught up to Swifty. I'm going to kick the door. Doing. You're just going to walk it? Like, as you walk up, you're just going to walk up 
push everybody out of the way and just kick it as hard as you how can. About, yeah. okay. How about try opening it? Let's do it. Does it have a handle? I will ma- have you <laughs> make me a uh, attack a roll. Nobody can push on this door. <laughs> 19 plus whatever. Oh, yeah, you're good. With that, you're actually able to split the door in the right in the spot of the crease that uh, Swifty made. And as the door cracks, it, it makes a very loud noise. And you guys kind of stand there for a second, seeing if anything happens. And nobody comes from the end of the hall, either end of the hallway. You don't hear any noises on the other side. So He's when good. you crack the door, you can kind of see through the crack. And you can see that there is some sort of like fire inside of there. You can see that it's some sort of vault on the other side of this door, but it looks like somebody's carved out a walkway in the opposite wall. But now you have two basically heavy planks of wood that are broken open and the bar on the back has like fallen off, but it's still kind of blocking everything. So you guys are going to have to all together push against it and move it open. All right, guys, teamwork. Can we just look through the bar? <laughs> I'm sorry, but the image of you just like, wow! All right, guys, teamwork! <laughs> <laughs> it's the fucking best. So you guys all get together, push that door open? Yeah. Yeah. Give a hand. Yeah. As you all enter the room, you can see that this room was once a crypt, but it's recently been desecrated, and the back wall has been mined out to create another hallway. There's a brazier that burns in the corner. The hallway seems to have been hastily dug and shored up, although it is large enough for you to all walk through without having to duck. You can see that this hallway runs for about 50 feet to another wooden door, and this door is very slightly ajar, and you can hear kind of muffled sounds coming from within, from where you're at. I'm going to go to the door and see if I can hear anything. Is that a stealth check? Uh, Yeah, so 14 plus, yeah, 20 stealth. Okay. Then investigation. Perception. 20. So you're able to get down to the door pretty quietly and put your ear up to the crack and you can hear what sounds like chanting voices coming in from inside, but you can't exactly make out what they're saying. Can I tell how many there are? I'd say you could tell that there's more than like four people in there at least. And as you're also kind of, you know, ear up to the door, you're looking at the door and feeling it, and it feels like the same thing as the last one, like a, a makeshift, you know, a couple heavy planks of wood. But this one seems like it might have a hinge to one side, and it's not, you know, it's not barred, it's open. All right. Uh, I go back and tell these guys, hey, there's probably about four guys in there, and I think that your acid will be able to melt this door down. There's hinges. Or you could just push it open. <laughs> <laughs> While she's telling them this, like I'm going to creep up, look at the door, notice it's open, and come back and be like, you stupid. <laughs> I am. I have zero intelligence. Door open. <laughs> and I'm looking at the fire going, guys, I think s- somebody made this fire. <laughs> you don't do. Stupid. <laughs> so, okay, are you guys... Who's going to go into this room first? Or I'm going to look gonna at the go group, as a group. And I'm going to, like, as after looking at each of them deeply in the eye for a couple seconds, I'm going to say, Meat Shields, go first. <laughs> okay. Before we do, I was going to cast a tech magic on the, uh, on the doorway. 
You actually are getting a shit ton of magic vibes coming from this doorway. Mm. Not the door itself, but like from Be- the other side of the door. Beyond the door, it's yeah. emanating from like the is, door. Like there is some serious magic shit happening on the other side of that door. <laughs> and uh, it's no discernible school of magic. It's more just a general sense of like wild, nasty magic. <laughs> if that makes sense. <laughs> okay. So who's going first? Who wants to I just. Up? I will. Tell everyone that, guys, there's there's some magic in there. (laughs) (laughs) I can't be precise about what type of magic exactly it is. Bear in mind, I am just a trainee. Thank you, little meat shield. I'm glad I could help you. Lazy, you take the lead. As you open the door, you see within this room an obsidian altar that takes your focal point. It's hard to look away from it to take in the rest of the surroundings as the person you've been searching for is slowly writhing on top of it. As you start to survey the situation, you see that you are in what appears to be a giant amethyst geode, the center of which has been cleared to accommodate the obsidian altar and to give the people currently circling the table room to move. Built-in Striker stands at the head of the altar, with the male orc standing at his right hand and the female at his left. Three of the male cultists that were seen exiting the church earlier, uh, the previous day, also surround the altar. All of them are chanting in unison. Over and over and over again. Six cultists, including Bill? Three cultists, Built-in, the two orcs. That's are we the, detected yet? No, no. They are. They are fully in this ritual. They. I mean, it almost seems as you're. You're kind of, you know, watching what's happening. That they have no idea you're even there. How is the area lit? There are candelabras around eight different points in the room. Do they create shadows them. in the room? Yes, but as like you, I as would I imagine you come up behind her to kind of survey the situation. I would imagine all you start to move in once you see that she's like opened this door and not gotten attacked immediately. You, as you're looking around, you can see that there is a very clear path that goes to the middle of the room. It's been cleared out really well, and then there's another path on the other side that leads out and behind some of these large amethyst crystals. Like this, this chamber that you're in is a giant geode. So there's crystals just shooting out from everywhere. You could it's probably beautiful. climb through to get around like these crystals, but you'd you'd be at a disadvantage and you'd have to be making lots of dexterity checks. Now, on a separate note, are you uh did what archetype did you take with your uh rogue? Assassin. Assassin? Do you have your feature yet? Assassinate? Yeah. Well, I, I want to attack Bill Bilton. Hold, hold. <laughs> I know. Lazy starts to look like she's about to jump in. And, and I, I grab her arm real quick. I'm like, one second. I would say that you guys have about a minute or two to plan what you want to do here before somebody notices. To hit them oh. with my staff. Assassinate and we'll storm in. Anybody have a problem with that? No, you go, then I go. That works. Mm-hmm. So my plan is I'm going to creep as close as I can without being detected. Can one of our bards give you some bardic inspiration? Yeah. That would be rather awesome. I'm gonna give Adam bardic inspiration. Something real real quick. Yeah. Well, something real quick that I, I just thought of before you guys go charging in there. Uh, Boris, hmm. you still have detect magic on. So part of that is that you can sense that all of that magic that you were seeing through the door is coming from this ritual that they're performing and it's very much localized on 
Mirren uh, as she's writhing around on top of this altar. And you can see, though, with Detect Magic that there's a very clear, like, line where this magic stops. And it's at the end of this path right where the, the clearing opens up. So you might posit that walking into that could alert them to what's what going school on. of magic so is that, that it, yes. you can't tell like it's all schools of magic it's everything all schools okay all at once he can pick them out like separately but they're all being woven together basically as like going into this girl so our plan as of now is me and michelle creep to the edge of the circle and, and get ready for party time yeah. i'm gonna yeah obviously bolivers tells you what should we sees, both so. roll for sneak or stealth you're fine right now because we're trying to sneak up on Bilton. They they are not going to notice you until you cross that magic line, basically. Or you attack somebody, like, obviously. Can multiple like, people sneak attack? You guys basically get a free round to go in whatever order you want. And then once, time. you'd want to fire at the same time, if you're going to do that. Because as soon as one person attacks, it will initiate initiative. I'm going to hit them with my staff. Okay, so that's the other thing. The uh, circle in the middle of the room is about 30 feet in diameter. You're going to have to break the awareness. The so nearest person is about 10 feet away from you. I'm pretty fast. At the end. Uh, well, so to, to strike simultaneously, though, like you'd have to be in that circle. You'd have to be within another like five. Feet. I'm going to take my four poison dagger out, yeah. which drips poison, pull out the fast one, and rub that fast poison on the tip of my arrows. Okay. For my short bow. And then I'm gonna shoot Bill. Alright. Bill, 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 <laughs> Bill, Bill. Six plus six. So fifteen six total. Plus four. Or seventeen total. You and you're firing been, an arrow and at him? it's been poisoned. Okay. You let this arrow off. I'm assuming you're aiming right for his face, because that's yeah. how you do. Yeah. How <laughs> and this arrow actually goes just like it almost seems like as it's getting close to him it starts to bend around his face and just almost nicks his face as it goes by and he kind of snaps out of the trance and starts to see that all of you are there so who's going next i'm running up and i'm gonna like bounce with my staff over to him all acrobatic like make me an acrobatics check 15. you're able to i mean Bounce yourself over there, yeah? Yeah, it's really cool. Okay. And then I... Uh, it's moderately cool. It's really cool. <laughs> and then I hit him with my staff. <laughs> 22. Yeah, you're able to get a pretty good hit on hit in on him. Uh, eight damage. From the point you're at standing next to Swifty at the end, the you know entrance to this little circle, you jump across, plant your staff, do a nice little half turn in midair, and bring your staff down on top of his... Well, you're trying to bring your staff down on top of his head, but you actually bring it down on his shoulder instead, like on his shoulder in the crook of his neck, and it looks like it... It hurts him pretty good. Did you also? And he kind of goes bill? to one knee. Mm-hmm. I'm um, gonna use an unarmed attack as well. Yeah. Fourteen. I don't think I slap him though. No, no, no. So yeah, you bring your uh, your stick down on his shoulder and try to give him a quick backhand, and he ducks out of the way of it. Uh, Carrie, you want to do something next? Yeah, I want to uh, shoot him with my short bow across okay. the table. Okay. Shoot him right. So I roll. This yeah, and five. I'll give you advantage because Lazy is now standing next to her, next to Bilton. 15. That's your best? Yeah. You fire your short bow off. You do it right as Lazy is trying to hit her backhand. 
into his face and the way that he moves his head is just enough that the arrow actually slides in between his face and her hand as she's bringing it back. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, you miss him. <laughs> Barry <laughs> Boris? Um, yeah, I'm going to kind of move forward from the doorway a bit and uh, cast uh, um, Vicious Mockery on the orc that's right next to uh, Lazy. Okay. That is a what wisdom you, save. It's a vicious mockery, so what do you say? Oh, hey, you green-blooded bastard! <laughs> okay. <laughs> and, and wisdom save. Oh, shit, wisdom save. My bad. It's a 16. 16 total? Yep. That's a very wise orc there. That is Not a... intelligent. <laughs> wise. Yeah, he saves. Street oh, spots. nice. Okay. Words can't bring him down. <laughs> That's exactly what fucking popped into my head before you said that too. Mental bro fist. Oh shit. Boris. Um. So is lazy like? Is everyone right on top of Bilton now? Like literally. Uh, Lazy's the only one next no. to Bilton. Everybody else is still at the entrance. I am Tank. Mm. So we attack one of the cultists to Bilton's side, but we haven't attacked. Oh no! Yet. Everybody's just attacked Bilton. Okay. And the other cultist relative to Bilton and the alt that was happening uh, now. So Bilton is directly across the altar from you guys. There is a cultist on the other side of the altar closer to you, directly in front of you. Then there's one to his left, one to his right. And then with Bilton straight across from you, the male orc is on your right, his left. And the female is on the other side. Okay, so is that whole thing like... 20 square feet like what would you say the whole about, 10, yeah. 10 15 square feet about 20 20 circular yeah nine, nine square feet <laughs> no. um okay well um hopefully not getting lazy but on top of Bilton and in, in the vicinity of him just sending okay. kind of on Bilton and I'm gonna cast grease and um that's a 10 foot square area which uh anyone who fails a dexterity saving throw will fall prone Okay. Yeah. yeah, I'm standing right next to him. Yeah, she's going to have to. Yeah. 25. So, Bilton's the only one that stays on his feet, but the two orcs immediately fall flat on their asses. I'm going to have everybody roll for initiative, but before we do, Bilton stands up. He, he had gone to one knee after you hit him. He kind of stands up and looks you in the eye, and you can see that there is a faint glow, like at the back of his pupils. He just screams, like he opens his mouth and starts screaming into your face and like his jaw almost descends a bit as he's screaming. No, the ritual must be completed. The fields of Cantalore must open to this world. We must destroy the unclean. The black goat will eat your souls. With that, he throws back his head and the hood of his robe and bares his chest. And as you see, like, as he rips open his robe and you can see that scar that runs from his hairline down the center of his face actually extends down to his navel. And as he's screaming and his voice just kind of turns into this guttural growl, you start to hear this odd choking noise come from his throat. And he his face starts to split open right down that scar as the skin opens along the scar pointed and thrashing tentacles start to emerge from his mouth and then with a noise like tearing paper the two halves of his body 
fold backwards, his arms interlocking behind his back, and an impossible amount of slick, twisting tentacles burst from his torso. As you see them come out of his chest, you can see that they surround a single unnatural eye and curved beak in the center of his chest. You all start to feel a very strange sensation as this transformation takes place, a feeling of reality itself starting to twist and tear around you. I'm going to need everybody to roll a d20. Nat 20. Only one nat? All right, so roll me a number between 1 and 10,000. 1,002. As you start to feel that reality warping effect that's coming from this transformation from this very odd man, you start to feel a really weird sensation in your left arm. And you look down at your left arm, and suddenly your arm starts to almost, like split into two images of itself like your your vision of your arm starts to like vibrate do i have three hands well and as as this is happening suddenly a second arm splits out from your your elbow and now you have basically two left arms sticking out from your elbow does everyone see this or is that no this is happening permanently like what i permanently have another yes so now you you have two (laughs) Uh, well, half of an arm. So from the from the uh, not quite down, Goro. So how much do arms. I get to add to my damage? Um, I would say actually you get a plus one to your Dex modifier, like forever. That's weird, man. If you ever have this removed, though, that plus one goes away. It will take some time to adjust to it. Hey, can she two hand uh, staff and still have one free hand? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yep. Sweet. I like that. No, that works perfectly. I like it. So everybody sees this happening of your arm splitting into two, and it's it's all anyone can really look at. That's whoa. Like is in the room. Like this ritual is stopped dead. Well, other than Bilton's crazy shit going on, I'm gonna need everybody else to make a wisdom saving throw. Is that contagious? I don't want that to happen to me, man. Do I have to make a wisdom saving throw? No. Twelve. Seventeen. Yeah. 13. I got a 20. Okay. Everybody is pretty easy, like, easily able to take what is happening. Like, they they see these tentacles split out of built-in. They see your arms split into, like, two, and now you have basically three arms. And Boris, Barry, and Chirp are dealing with it fine. Like, it's a little fucking weird, but they're, they're holding on to it. Swifty, however, has to take a minute to compose himself. Now, Freaking out, man! <laughs> everybody, roll me I'm initiative. Seeing? Hello, friend, and welcome to the Salandrian Siren. Your source for local news, weather, and sports. I'm your host, J.P. Winterbottom. Let's get down to it. In local news, there was a very serious incident that left several people injured. A half-orc man apparently went into a horrible bloodlust rage and attacked anyone he could get his hands on before being subdued by the guards. Most victims suffered minor wounds, except for one unlucky elven man that is now in critical condition after having his arms forcibly removed from his body. 
The City Guard has launched an investigation into the incident and will release a full report soon. On a lighter note, the Stonewind Conservatory for the Bards has announced the details of the summer concert series. William Walzer and Clefton Staff will headline and a complete list of all the bards in attendance can be found posted in most inns and taverns. Now, let's throw it over to Walton the Weather Wizard for today's forecast. Walton? There will be sun. Thanks, Walton. And now, a word from our sponsors. Hey everybody, it's your DM, Andrew. Uh, I hope everyone's enjoying the show so far. This has been just an interesting experience. We've been really focused lately on bringing you the best show that we can, and I'm really, really proud with how it's coming along. Uh, if you want to let us know how we're doing, get a message on the show, uh, or just say hi, you can contact us on our Facebook page. Just search for The Beholder's Eye. Uh, you can also tweet at us uh, at Beholder underscore S. And you can always send us an email at... <clears throat> and you can always send us an email at The Beholder's Eye, LLC, at gmail.com. Also, iTunes reviews... Uh, are apparently important so if you could if you use itunes if you could go over there and leave us a review on a single episode a whole episode or all of our episodes uh just on the show we would greatly greatly appreciate it um it really helps us grow the show and the more we grow the show the the better it'll get honestly we also now have a patreon our supporters there will be receiving bonus episodes, early releases of episodes, uh, and a lot more. So if you want to go check that out, go over to patreon.com slash the beholder's eye, all one word. Thanks so much for listening to and supporting the show. We, we really, I mean, it means the world to us that anybody's even listening to this. So thank you everybody that's out there that's listening and, uh, let's get back to it. Bye! And finally, sports! First up in Bone Ball, the Landfall Liches won against the Skydorn Skeletons uh, to close out a very close five-game series, securing their place in the finals against the Burfinden Owlbears. Thanks for joining us today. I'm JP Winterbottom saying... Hail the Greater Dwarven Empire! <laughs> Go ahead and roll initiative. <laughs> Not 20. Oh, me too! 19. 19. 22. Boris has got a 13. 
All right. So, Lazy, you are going to be up first. Um, so, right now, you are standing directly next to Bilton. Um, you've got the male orc on his ass behind you. Um, and the female orc is on the other side of Bilton from you. What are you going to do? Bilton's the biggest threat. I kind of want to kill him. Okay. Well, yeah, but the other guys, the other yeah, side. I would have advantage on the other guys, though. I don't though. think you're going to be able to take Bilton in one hit. I don't think I will either. So drop guys from the board if we can, and then we can all take Bilton. All right, I will uh, attack the orc that is nearest me with my quarterstaff. Okay. 21. Uh, yeah, you definitely hit him. Well, I hit him for eight. Yeah. Um, okay. And then I'm going to use my bonus action. Okay. Uh, unarmed, kick him in the face, curb stomp him while he's down. Hell yeah. 25. Damn. Okay. Six. Standing over this orc, you just bring this quarterstaff down with your newly double-fisted arm and crack him right upside the head with it, and he looks pretty dazed. And as he's doing that, you're able to bring one foot up and kick him again in the face, and it knocks him down fully prone. And now he's just laying on the floor. Next up is Chirp. I'm going to shoot at the closest cultist to me. Or actually, I'm going to hit him with my rapier. Okay. Oh. Oh. I got a one. Well, <laughs> you close the distance between you I and the fall cultist down. pretty easily. But as, yeah, exactly. As you're you're getting right up in his face, you go to draw your, your rapier and get him in one, you know, fluid motion. And your rapier kind of gets caught in its scabbard as you're pulling oh, it out. And God. you, you uh almost lose your balance yeah. but are able to correct yourself but now you're standing directly in front of this uh this cultist yeah can i use cunning action to disengage yes <laughs> <laughs> skillfully <laughs> so you're just gonna move back to the entrance i'm, I'm very embarrassed well yes. are you are you just gonna move back to the entrance or are you gonna yeah i'm just gonna back okay. up right next to me uh, yeah well yeah if i'm five feet within five feet of an ally i have flocking so i get a bonus to ac if i'm ah, next okay. to uh next to a party member but yeah that's it uh for your turn i'm guessing you don't have any other... Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, all, that's, that's uh, my turn. <laughs> all right, Barry. All right, I am going to... Yeah. Let's see. I'm going to cast... I'm going to walk up within... I don't have range on that. I'm going to fucking cast whole person on Bilton. Okay. If we can call him that anymore, that ugly bastard. What's that look like? It looks like a wisdom saving throw. Okay, do you have to touch him physically? No. Um, yeah, no, he's going to fail that. He falls prone, paralyzed, for the next minute. Okay. Bilton now is on the ground with his arms that are locked together behind him, and the tentacles are just kind of freely whipping around out of Riding. his body. Yeah. And now it's actually his turn. What's your DC? 15. Yeah, so he definitely saves. He gets 16. <laughs> he saves. Right on. Well, he's on his ass still, though. Yeah, so yeah, he's still on the ground, but now he's he's able to do stuff. So now the uh, the female orc takes her turn to stand up, um, and then she pulls out a axe from her belt, and she hurls it. I'm assuming you're still across the room. Yeah. Uh, she hurls it directly at you. Whoa. Eleven. I'm assuming. That, not. Oh, that's gonna fail. She's that not fails. a very good throw. Yeah, I do, I kind of duck behind one of the cultists that he had to throw over and like. Well, no, she she throws this axe, but she actually kind of slips on the grease a little bit more. Yeah, she's able to stay on her feet. So now, Swifty. 
I am going to look at Boris. I'm going to say, Boris, make me magic. Are you going to hold your turn then? He's after you. Yes, but while while I'm waiting for my turn, I'm going to take my two daggers out and my four dagger, and one regular dagger is going to get fast poison, and one regular dagger is going to get berserker poison. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay, Boris steps forward, and he's kind of being anticipating this would be a request at some point, and uh, he goes... All right, Swifty, I'm going to do this again then. Here you go. Touch on the shoulder. You know the drill. But please, just before, just want to make you remember, do not kill the girl, okay? Do not kill the girl. All right, kill let's go. <laughs> you cast invisibility on him? I cast invisibility on him. All right. Yeah. Uh, so that's going to take up your turn, though. So, yeah. yeah. Um, so you're now invisible, Swifty. What do you want to do? Can I throw both of my daggers in one turn, or just one dagger? Just one dagger. Okay, I'm going Unless to throw... Unless you have, like, a double attack, but... The regular dagger with Berserker Poison on it is going to be thrown at the standing orc that has not been stomped yet. Okay. It's 13 total. Uh, you're not able to hit. The You throw this dagger and it slides right past the orc's face but she actually with the distraction of what's going on and her being so focused on Barry she doesn't see where it comes from and your invisibility will last until your next turn so now the male orc that was on the ground um, it takes him a lot of effort to get up off the ground I'm actually going to rather than at the end uh, oh he's able to Actually, okay, so the male orc, the male orc just pops right the fuck up in your face. The grease does not seem to even affect him a little bit. And he pulls two daggers from his belt and holds them close to his chest. And you can see that they're kind of curved to go down towards his arms. And he takes a couple swipes at you with them. Lazy. Uh, the first one definitely misses you. And the second one definitely misses you. So, Can't yeah, touch us. No, no, no. He no, takes no. a couple swipes at you, but you're able to dodge right out of the way. And he's going to quickly push, well, push around you, initiating a. Oh, I get an attack of opportunity. opportunity. Nope. I missed. So, yeah, as he pushes around you, you go to swing at him and you kind of miss. And he gets himself in between you and Bilton. The cultists on their turn, the three of them, pretty much in unison, try to escape the room. Who's the closest? Swifty, you're right up on on him. Yeah, he's right behind him. They're about, like, five feet from each other, but you can only reach the one that you're next to. So the two on the other side immediately run off and head for the path that's behind Bilton. The one that's in front of you starts to run off. You're going to get an opportunity attack on him real quick. 17 total. Yeah, you definitely hit him. Are you going to stab him with one of these poison daggers or just, like, I'm going to grab him okay. and like do a hug with my one poison dagger stabbing into his chest. Okay. And my face like biting his head. Like I want to try to like. Oh bite man, there's so many things skull. going on here. Okay. <laughs> okay, so first you're gonna have to make a grapple check. I'm gonna let you do this because I think it's amazing. Thirteen. You're able to hold him. Uh, now make an attack roll with an advantage to stab him. 
17 total. Yeah, you're able to stab him. What about the bite? Give me one more attack roll. 19. You, as this guy tries to run off, you grab him around the back, immediately breaking your invisibility. But but this is going to be like dramatic entrance <laughs> and everyone will be affected. <laughs> but yeah, you grab him and materialize and this guy starts to scream uh, out of, because you just popped out of nowhere and then you stab him directly in the heart as you're biting into his neck and ripping it open and this guy immediately goes down. Like, you, you killed the fuck out of this guy. <laughs> the other two are able to get past everyone else and out the back and then it's back to your turn. I'm going to attack the orc that just attacked me. Okay. Revenge. Uh, 24. Oh, that hits. And 12 damage. And then with my bonus action, I'm going to unarm strike him. Um, 20. That hits as well. 6. 18 damage total. You bring your quarterstaff up into the bottom of his chin as he s- swoops around you. And you're able to knock him off balance enough that you get another punch in real quick on his face and he's looking like his nose starts to bleed he's looking a little rough do i need to make a deck save for the grease 14 yeah that saves cool chirp what do you do hopefully something good (laughs) (laughs) can i go up to mirin and try to like wake her up yes I'm going to do that. Okay, so you approach the altar, and uh, you can see that Mirren is still writhing just as hard as she was when they were performing the ritual. She seems to be under a very heavy trance. And as you touch her, try to shake her, nothing you do seems to make any difference. Can I slap her? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You slap her pretty hard, and she stops moving, but she doesn't wake up. She now is kind of in a very still but catatonic state. You peel her eyelids back, and her eyes have completely rolled back in her head. Like she's What the fuck knocked. are you doing to her? <laughs> Don't break it, bird person. Boris, no killing. You're not able to rouse her, basically. All right. So I'm on the opposite side of the table. Yes. I'm going to jump. Can I get on the table? With her? Well, no. <laughs> okay, I'll just go around the table and okay. uh, hit uh, one of these orcs, I suppose. That's okay. closest to me. Uh, the closest one would be the female orc. Okay, I hit her. Yay, oh, not, not 20. 20. Oh, shit, okay. Hit her real good. I hit her good. So, so yeah, you I go get... up to that altar, you see what's happening with, uh, with Mirren, and then you get so enraged by what they've done to her that you lash out at the nearest person and... For seven... Nice. You, know, you get to roll that then, twice. Yeah, roll that twice. And then add your proficiency. Oh, another eight. 11. So 15. 15 total. Damn. Okay. So you turn from the altar and bring your rapier up and slash it down across the female orc's body in such a way that it ends up cutting her across the chest. Not deeply, but enough that she kind of stumbles back a step. And now it is Barry's turn. I'm going to, uh, uh, again, try, we're going to try vicious, well, yeah, we're going <laughs> to. Your insults haven't been very No, it hasn't been good, so you know, far. they haven't, but, you know, I'm going to try to insult uh, the orc that's uh, 
chirp just attacked. Okay. And I'm gonna say, so which one of you is the girl? And anyway, and <laughs> wisdom save. Uh, yeah, I'm guessing a 12 is not gonna. Do 12 it. will not do it. Yeah. She takes two psychic damage, and she has disadvantage on her next attack. Okay, so she grips her forehead and is just like, I'm okay, the girl! Now it is Bilton's turn. From the ground, his weird writhing tentacled form pushes itself up and edges past the male orc to try and ensnare you in all these tentacles. Uh, lazy. So go ahead and make me a athletics or acrobatics check. 23. As he's getting close to you and he's trying to grab you with these tentacles, he, you know, is not able to ensnare you in them. He just tries to jump on you and get you with his snapping beak-like mouth. Does a 16 hit? Nope. All right. He, he tries to snap at you and he almost gets you. Just like fucking the teeth come so close. And now it is the female orc. Uh, she's got Chirp directly in front of her. And she starts to look around and assess the situation. And she immediately goes and runs over to Bilton. Uh, you're going to get an attack of opportunity. Because you're oh, right nice. up in her face. So roll a d20. Right. Mm, seven. That's definitely not going to do it. She's able to get away from you and get over to Bill. She grabs Bilton by his interlocked arms and picks him up and like puts him over her shoulder and yells at the uh, male orc who's really only five feet away. There's no need to yell, but she, she's like, we need to get out of here. <laughs> no reason to yell. <laughs> and she starts taking off for that uh, back door. Back door. And she gets just outside of the circle, basically. Now it is Boris. Um, okay, so Boris uh, is looking back at Bilton again. Yeah, he is on the back of this female orc. Like, she's got him over her shoulder. Yeah. With the tentacles kind of pointing outward, so they're not yeah. fucking with her. I'll, I'll attack the female orc then. Okay. Who's trying to run away with him. Yeah. Sounds good. Cool. Uh, Boris casts chromatic orb oh shit um, okay so that's a four diam inch diameter sphere of energy range attack it's gonna be a i'm just gonna go with a classic fire fire damage here wizards fire all right yeah and uh and he's gonna uh yeah just trying to get him so it's a ranged spell attack so how big was the radius hmm. it's four four inches four it's like it's like wow. kind of like ryu ball. okay cool yeah pretty much We'll save the blue for later. All right, so 16 plus <laughs> X, I guess, 4, 18? Scout casting? Oh, okay, 20 then. Yeah, so a 20 definitely hits, and roll me some damage. 11. So from across the room, you cast out this little chromatic orb, and it zips across the room and hits the orc the female directly in the back as she's trying to run away, and she almost goes down to one knee, but takes this damage in stride and, and is able to stay up. And now it is Swifty's turn. How close to the end of the round am I? Oh, you're, you're right at the end of the round. Yeah, right? the cultists go after you. Okay, so I'm going to look at everybody and be like, as I'm chewing on this guy's face, like I'm eating off his lips and facial skin. Jesus like, Christ. Yeah. I'll be with you guys in a minute. Hold on. <laughs> and you spend your round eating. You just spend eating. your whole turn eating this guy's face. And then I'm going to take the corpse and fling it at the orc and built-in strike orc. 
Striker. Jesus Christ. Okay. That's going to be a straight up strength roll with. Um, so D20 yeah, plus Yeah, just strength, your strength correct? modifier, not your proficiency. You are not proficient at throwing large objects. So, yeah, a plus four. Yeah, D20 plus four. Nat 20. <laughs> Dead body score. Okay, so you eat this guy's face a bit for a minute. I don't like and people, then just lift but I love faces. Above your head. And you're able to chuck this guy the like 15 feet or so that it takes to hit the female orc as she's carrying Bilton out of the back pathway of this room. And this cultist catches her right in the legs. <laughs> Really badly, to the point where she just completely trips over him, and she's now all tangled up with him and Bilton. With a faceless corpse. Yeah. But as that happens, the the writhing tentacles of Bilton kind of start to reach out towards that corpse. Have they made it into the hallway yet? Yes. You've knocked them about a foot or two into the hallway. And now it is the male orc's turn, um, and he's going to try and disengage from Swift, or from Lazy. So... Just, it's the could, cultist turn. Can the I just male say that goes after me. No, the cultist go last. I oh. ate one of the others left. Boris was yeah. thoroughly impressed by the display of strength and skill there and stands back and just goes, wow, and nice slow clap. <laughs> <laughs> fair juice, guys, fair juice. But so, yeah, so the male orc uh, is going to try and get away from you, Lazy. You're going to get a opportunity attack. 24. Yeah, so you're able to bash out him real real quick with your quarterstaff. Uh, I tried to trip him with my quarterstaff. Oh, you tried to trip him? Okay. Well, you're still, you don't really trip him up, but you're you're able to hit him in the ankle. 10 damage. Yeah, so you hit him in the ankle real hard and he starts to limp away. But he's able to get away from you and he's looking pretty rough. He gets to the outer part of the circle to where this you know path is leading off. And he shouts down the hallway to the cultists to come back and help them. And as he does that, he turns around and looks at all of you standing in the chamber and says, Glory be to Shub Niggeroth! And he hits with both hands out at the same time into these two crystals that are next to the pathway. And as he does that, you can see that these crystals that he hit were actually holding up a whole series of other crystals. And these big giant crystals all start to cascade down on top of him and bury him in the spot, blocking you from the back exit. Cutting us off from built-in and the other orc. Yep. And he killed himself in the process. Yep. Oh my goodness. Um, and this come back? You can hear them, like, you can hear voices on the other side now of them, like, yelling and, like, pleading with Bilton not to eat the corpse of their friend. But at this point, you're blocked off from getting any further. It would take a couple of hours to clear enough of this, even with magical meat. But Bilton is eating his fallen allies. He's eating the corpse that Swifty threw at them, yeah. I'm okay with that. I'd like to do a perception check on the altar and the surroundings to see if... I can tell anything about okay. what was going down. 18? So as you're checking the altar out, I mean, Mirren is still in a comatose state yeah, I don't care on, the, on the altar. And, uh, <laughs> you can She's your paycheck. That's the whole reason we're here. <laughs> you can tell that she hasn't like, been the money, Swifty. in any way. It doesn't look like she's been restrained in any way. From what you could tell of what you saw of the 
ritual when you came in and what you're looking at now it looks like they were might have been trying to summon something or use her in such a way to gain more power is there any uh designs on the floor or banners on the altar or anything of yeah, that nature symbols of the god they were trying to summon or the whatever? same types of symbols that you saw on the monoliths outside of their church are carved into the exterior of this altar, but the altar itself is a you know flat sh- piece of obsidian that's been shined to a very glossy finish. I think this is where they killed Asland. <laughs> <laughs> My Asland, rest in peace. As you guys are kind of looking around, you can tell that there's there's really not much in this room. There's the candelabras that lit the room. There's the altar. There's Mirin, and there's you know. A bunch of big amethyst crystals. Okay, so does Mirin have any valuables on? <laughs> <laughs> no, Mirin is actually dressed in like almost nothing. Like she has just a it, like a slip on, basically. But as you're checking her out, though, she starts to mumble indecipherably. Are you guys gonna try and get her out of there? What are you gonna do? Yes. Uh, yeah, I well, think we just on. pick her Maybe up. Maybe do a and quick medicine check or arcana check to make sure we don't kill her upon. Okay. Picking her up. Okay. Yeah, do that. Good idea. Do the thing. Yeah, I mean, I'll try a medicine check, I guess, or Arcana. Okay. Or aren't you Arcana based? You, yeah, I got hey, plus six hey. to Arcana. Yeah, do an Arcana check. Make sure we don't kill her by picking her up. Ten. <laughs> I do a medicine check. I don't think Eight. I can tell anything. Where? Right, uh, actually, with Boris's ten, you can see that she's not like any in any mortal danger. She just seems to still kind of be in some sort of trance. All right, we're going to pick her up with no regards for at all. <laughs> you can't leave her here. Yeah, I'm going to look at all you guys and be like, you guys clean this shit up. I'm out. <laughs> and walk out. Uh, as you guys, you know, grab her and, and get out of there, you start to make your way back down the hallway unmolested. Um, you don't really see anybody or hear anybody. But as you're coming out of the tomb, you remember the two guards that you had distracted. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you guys send Swifty up to the top to take a look. Make me a stealth check real quick. <laughs> nope. Swifty actually, as he's getting up to the top of the stairs, kind of misses one of the stairs and whacks his knee on it and lets out a large cry. <laughs> God damn it. But you, you pause for a second, Swifty, and you don't really hear anything. And as you open the doors to, or open the door to the crypt, to the tomb again, you can tell that nobody's standing out there. The guards are gone? Yeah. By, they, they they took off. You just don't see them out there. I throw open the doors and stride through nonchalantly. Okay. So the rest of you come up with the body of Mirin, and you can see that nobody's around. Like, everything is deserted around you. And as you come back out into the main street of the religious district, uh, you can see Father Callahan standing down the street kind of at his church watching you guys come out into the street and he he waves to you and you all kind of wave back to him and he goes back inside you make your way back through the city it's the middle of the night it's like two three o'clock in the morning. and as you're making your way through the city it is unnaturally silent I, usually there's some sort of noise even this late into the morning but it's real most quiet, everywhere guys. you go yes yeah, is creepily quiet yeah, i'm kind of creeped out right now you guys get back to the beholder's eye relatively unscathed you don't really see anybody in the streets it's just kind of unsettling something weird has happened and everyone can feel it 
I'm gonna look at Barry and be like, Barry, what did you do? You break the city. I can break the silence and I start singing and humming uh, awkwardly. The whatever tune, whatever song you sing and hum feels flat even in your own ears as you're walking. It, it, it just in, seems weird in this preternatural silence. You guys make it back to the beholder's eye though. And as you walk in the door, Aldalar is actually sitting there and he's fallen asleep behind the main desk but you can tell that he's been waiting you guys haven't seen him in a few days so you don't really know how he knows but how's he sleeping on the desk oh he's got his he's got no he's got his feet propped up he's leaning back he's he's kind of snoring gently but well the thing is as you come in there's a bell that rings above the door Uh and it wakes him up and he's oh 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 you guys are back oh sorry sorry it's been a little bit and i mean Penny's been taking care of things, and she's been doing a great job, but she told me about your latest job. She told me you guys were out, and I just I wanted to make sure that you got Evelyn's daughter back to her safely. Is, is that her? Is that who you have with you? Yeah, this, this is, is it. Perfect. Well, you pay me? Yes, yes, Swifty. We'll pay you immediately. Um, but first, we need to, we yes, need to get her, her. We need to get her back into the, uh, the break room and see what's going on with her. And so he, you know, he has you guys... She is magically stupid. You guys take her back into the break room. And as you lay her down on the table, she starts to... This mumbling that she was doing starts to go into more of a cry. And she starts to whine a bit and cry. And she starts to beg for the Great Father and the God of the Open Eye and Shub-Niggurath. You guys spend the night with her, listening to these cries as... You send Chirp out to go find the mother and let her know what's going on. And, and Chirp shows back up a few hours later with the with Evelyn and brings her in to show her what's going on. And at this point, Aldalar has been able to calm Mirren down a little bit, but she still is... There's something very obviously wrong with her. And as Evelyn sees what's going on with her daughter, you can tell that she's very distraught, but she all she wants to do is make it right. And her and Aldalar start to talk about, you know, the various ways that something like this could be stopped. But as they're doing that, you guys are kind of standing over by Mirren, paying attention to what she's doing. And she starts to say different disconnected words that have meaning for each of you. And it's not something that she's actually saying out loud, but it's something that you're hearing in your own heads. But you think that, you know, you see her mouth moving, you hear something in her in your head, you think she's saying them to you. You each hear one single word in your head as she starts to do this, and she suddenly falls silent. And as she falls silent, Evelyn runs over to her body and to check to even see if she's still alive and sees that she's still breathing. And she says, I've, I've got to get her to some actual medical professionals. Can you help me, Aldalar, dear? And Aldalar walks over and, and says... Uh, uh, of course, Evelyn. Let me, let me help you right now. And they they pick her up together and take her out of the room. And Aldalar, as they're leaving, turns to the rest of you and says, "We'll we'll deal with this later. I'll let you know what happened, but don't tell anyone about what you saw tonight, okay? Let's keep this between us for now before we know what's happening." And with that, he he rushes out of the room with Evelyn, and that's the last thing you see of them. You all sit around for a little bit, kind of kind of sh- you know reeling from the night's events. It's six seven o'clock in the morning the town's starting to wake back up and as you're sitting there 
Penny comes into the room and says, What the fuck happened last night? I had some weird-ass dreams about all of you. It's time to level up. Uh, you guys are going from level f- uh, three to level five. We're gonna start with Adam. You've got a rogue assassin. What do you get from level three to level five? I picked up uncanny dodge. What does that do? Let's you take half damage from attacks thrown by visible attackers. All right. Uh, using your reaction. Using your reaction. Did you get uh, ability score improvement? What did you do? Plus five. No. Oh, you know your is. dex? Dex went to 20. All right. And my health went to 43. Perfect. All right. Uh, all right. Uh, lazy. I got some cool stuff. All right, I have now um, slow fall, so I can use my reaction to reduce my fall damage um, and take uh, an amount equal to five times my monk level off. Um, I also have an extra attack, so when I attack now, it's two attacks, uh, plus my bonus attack, so I'm going to hit hard and a lot. I also got stunning strike. Um, I can interfere with the flow of other people's key and keep, leave them stunned at the end of, until the end of their next turn unless they succeed on a constitution saving throw. Nice. Um, I also got Sentinel Feet, which, let me find it here so I can read it to y'all. Um, when you hit a creature with an opportunity attack, the creature's speed becomes zero for the rest of their turn. Also, creatures... Provoke opportunity attacks from you, even if they take the disengage action. So you can't get away from me. Uh, when a creature within five feet uh, makes an attack against a target other than you, uh, you can use your reaction to make a melee weapon attack against the attacking creature. Nice. Show stand by me. I got y'all. Hell yeah. So, uh, Barry, what'd you pick up? All right, I, uh, let's see, added two to my dexterity, making it a plus four modifier. Um, my proficiency bonus went up, as did all of ours. Oh, yeah. Um, and I got font of inspiration, so it resets my inspiration usage on short rests. Nice. Um, and let's see. I now have two level three spell slots, three level two spell slots, and four level one spell slots. I picked up a new, uh, a new cantrip. I took mending, and then the two uh, known spells I took were shatter and sending. Sending uh, allows me to send up twenty, up to twenty-five word message across any plane of existence to somebody that I know, nice. and uh, they can respond to me in like fashion. So basically advanced message yes nice yeah oh but if i do it out of a different uh plane if it goes into a different plane of existence um there's if i roll on that one the the message does not come across ah. and that's on either part of communication nice yeah. all right uh boris um well 
I am improved because I was at a uh, nine for charisma, which was rubbish. So I just brought that up to a zero. So right. and then I poured a ability point into uh, my strength, which is at fifteen. So now it's at a sixteen. So brings my modifier up there. Um, obviously, just slightly improved my spell save and my spell attack. Um, I now have 39 hit points, which is nice, because I only had 24 before, and uh, spells I got 4, 3, and 2, as in 4 for first level spells, 3 for second level spells, 2 for third level spells. Uh, I haven't picked out my cantrips or my two spells yet, and I will have that figured out we'll soon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, uh, Chirp. Alright, I uh, <clears throat> raised my dexterity by 2. And my hit points are now 36. Mine's, I just got an uncanny dodge, which is when an attacker that you can see hits you with an attack, you can use your reaction to half the attack damage against you. Nice. That's all. That's all I got. Yeah, I guess, yeah Adam got that as well. Mm. Um, also, uh, when you had gone to the market, you got that... Mm -hmm. My feather necklace, yes. Yes. Uh, so you have had enough time at this point to attune to it, which means that you've spent some time studying it, um, kind of, it's magic, so you're, you're feeling out what it does, and as you wear this thing, you notice that you start to feel lighter, and if you concentrate hard enough, um, you can start to float and fly. I can air. fly! Yeah! And uh, actually, this thing grants you a fly speed equal to your movement speed. So that basically means you can fly in any direction within one turn uh, up to 30 feet. So 30 feet directly up, 15 feet yeah. up in a diagonal, so on and so forth. Um, and as long as you're wearing it and it's on your body and you're not in like an anti-magic field, it works. Yeah, Chirp is re uh, very happy about this. I would imagine she spends like just a whole day fucking flying around. Oh yeah, like, I'm. Yeah! I am getting attuned to the flying for sure. <laughs> you know, I will be flying from now on. <laughs> the first uh, issue of the Slandry and Siren that I'm gonna do for the like middle part, it'll be like a mention of like a yellow <laughs> bird was seen screaming and flying through the air. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> You can just set it down. It's going to make a bunch of noise, but... Yeah. Oh, you're getting out to bed. He's not going to talk much more. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, uh, so... That's basically going to help you out a lot in the future, I feel like. Drink. Today I used a, uh, a system called the Net Librum of Random Magical Effects. It's what I'm going to be using going forward in the future for any time we have some sort of reality-shaking event happening. Um, it's a list of 10,000 different effects that could happen randomly. Um, a couple of choice ones here. Uh, number 985, uh, cast the character giggles whenever he tries to tell a lie. <laughs> um, number 757, the character desires to, suddenly desires to circumnavigate the planet, and that becomes their whole goal in life. <laughs> um, 
for We'll now. see you next time on The Beholder's Eye. Thanks for leveling up with us. <laughs> <laughs> Good. I love it. Bye. Thanks for leveling up with us. Bye. 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 It's a wrap, people.